want to build a community and share other women's stories. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Tea with TE, the She Who Leads podcast. Today, I'm very excited. We have a very inspirational female with us. We've got Caitlin Jesus. She is the CFO of IBM America's consulting group. And we have a lot to, to talk about. So there's a very interesting career for us to go through. So, Caitlin, thank you so much for joining. No, thank you guys for having me. What a pleasure. Looking forward to talk a little bit. And as we interact with people hearing us, I would love to get to know more people too. And for us to kick off then, Caitlin, do you want to just give us a bit of a background into your career so far? Absolutely. So this is Caitlin in a nutshell. I've been with IBM for 22 years. In case you're doing any math, I started at the age of five. No, I'm kidding. But I've been with the company for 22 years. I started at IBM Brazil, where I'm originally from done several roles in finance there for like about nine years. Then I got invited to move to Dubai, which was a big thing and a big change in my life. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it. But I moved to Dubai to, to manage and deliver something that called Africa Expansion. I, IBM was opening offices all over Africa, giving empowerment for people in some of the countries we didn't have any business before so it was really interesting I stayed there for three years had my son overseas uh, so he's he's from Dubai and he's very proud about it and tell everybody on it and then after three years we moved to the U.S. where IBM has its headquarter I've been here for about 10 years in New York. So it's a Brazilian who stayed a couple of years in Dubai, enjoying the, the sun, and now is stuck in New York with the snow. So uh, the recently, uh, I've been the vice president and CFO for technology for IBM. One of the, the two areas we have is technology and, and consulting. So I've done a couple of years in technology. And in the past six months or so, I'm the VP and CFO, as you mentioned, for Americas over here in consulting. So learning both sides of the business. Amazing. And I mean, you've done a lot during that time, which obviously would love for us to go into a bit more detail about. And I know that through some of these questions, we'll explore some of these points. But I think a good way for us to start is to run through some of the, the biggest moments in your career to date. So do you want to talk about three of those for us? Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I would try to make it like I, I the way I work is like I really like to be more personal. So I'm going to yeah. make some of my personal stories throughout my career because I think that's how it works for everybody, right? It's hard it to compartmentalize everything. So if I really think about three big moments, I think the very first one was starting at IBM. So unfortunately, I lost my dad when I was really, really little, nine years old. So we had a very humble beginning, right? I come from a family that never had uh, went to college or anything. So when I started at IBM, was a big company, something completely different. And I saw a path to really like changing the trajectory for me, changing the trajectory for my family, right? And I took the opportunity and embraced that and did my very best to keep climbing the ladder. So, but it was a big changing moment, right? Starting at a company, a big company, not knowing anybody. I started as a student. I had like 
three outfits that my mom had to wash like during the week <laughs> so I could use it again yeah. <laughs> you know like you, you know and and you just go through those and, and you kind of take the energy from the difficulties to keep climbing it trying your best and seeing seeing how that can help you your family people around it so I would say the first one was that that second one is the one I mentioned when I moved to Dubai right so I'm Brazilian. I'm from a Latin culture. We are very like talkative. Uh, we we play, we joke, and then I go from that environment, from an IBM that everybody knew me as I was working there for like about ten years, to a Muslim country, where like uh, I, I was even mentioned to a couple of friends. I think I mentioned to you, Terry, too. Like uh, when I joined the 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 company, the very first week. They said, well, okay, so here's like a places that you need to go to rent your apartment, to do this, to do that. And I went to this place to get my internet connected in my apartment, the apartment I was renting. And the guy is like, oh, sure. But for us to connect your internet, I need either a letter from your dad, you know, the one that I just mentioned I lost when I was a kid. So not an option. And two, or your husband. And I'm like, beg your pardon? Yes, it needs to be whoever is the man responsible in your life to authorize you to have internet in your house, right? So it was like a big shocking cultural moment for me, every little step. I grew immensely, but it was very hard for me, especially now I think it's been over 10 years that happened, right? But now I think the country in, in UAE is better, is better suit to receive yeah. women, foreign women, right? But Back then, like having something like that was really a moment for me that I had to completely change myself and be adaptable to a completely different culture. And let me say, I think the third one was when I, like, a, I was about, you know, in that time in your life that you want to have a kid, but at the same time, you're in a really good spot in your career. And then you don't know, like, uh, you, you don't want to give up either dream, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, so I had my son back in Dubai, as I mentioned, then we moved to the US, my son was about four years old. And I was like, uh, kind of uh, feeling it was the right time for my family to have a second. But everybody was telling me, you're you're about to become an executive, wait a minute, the next job is around the corner. And at some point I said, you know what, I'll be truth to myself. I really want to do that for my family, for myself. I want to have a second kid. We decided to get pregnant. I got pregnant, but I kept like with the dream, right? Working hard, doing everything mm -hmm. that it was supposed to be done. And for my amusement, I, I, I don't know if the word is amusement, but for like a as a recognition, I went on maternity leave. I was out for six months. That's that's how it works for IBM. Six months of maternity leave. And when I came back, they gave me the promotion as my first time as active. So for me, it was like a personal realization. But also, I've been a leader for women uh, at IBM and externally for many years since I remember, right? And seeing things like that happening to me and happening to many others, it gives me faith that we are doing the right thing. Yes, there's a lot to do. There's a mountain to climb, but there are places and people really looking, like watching out for us and making sure that we do the right thing. If I was in the right spot to become an executive before, 
maternity should mm -hmm. shouldn't hold me back right and I think it was another big special moment for me agreed and I think it's very I think it's obviously testament to the work that you probably put in beforehand and I know you've mentioned that to me a little bit you obviously kind of had to feel as though you were doing all of these things to to show that you could come off and, and go back and then get back into the swing of things but great that they've practiced what they preach and, and that that was there for you at the end of it because I think it's scary for women to to have to think about that and, and you know what Terry there is one more point that I think it was really important and I talk a, a lot about this with my mentees and the these mm -hmm. women groups that I participate which is also make sure you as a leader a man a woman Mm -hmm. Black with purple dots. I don't care. Like everybody, right? Make sure you give the person the option to choose. Yeah. So when they came to me, they were kind of almost hesitant to say, I know you just had a child, but we had this, this executive role that we think we, you would be good at it. Like, uh, let me choose. Let yeah. the person choose. You as a leader, make sure that you ask the question, right? Because yeah. sometimes I think people just take it like uh, for granted and, and say, you know what, this person is just coming back from maternity leave or she's in another headspace and they don't even offer. And for yeah. me in that time was the perfect time. My mom was able to help me out. Yeah. And like, I had the the, the, the meaning yeah. of doing it, but they ask, you know, so I think it's really important for them to ask and for you to keep being vocal, right? Yes, yeah. I know I just had a kid, but uh, I'm still in the race and I want to keep keep climbing. Yeah, exactly. And I think, so. like you say, I think sometimes there's presumption over actually asking the question and communicating and actually asking the question. Some people might not feel like they are in a position to take it, but if they haven't been asked, you might have just overlooked somebody and then they feel put out and then they might leave 12 months later. So I and think even if you ask, the person may think, no, I, I was not. And then they stop a minute. I just had this experience, yeah. somebody in my office last week, she came to me and she's like, I just came back from maternity leave and they are offering me this job. I was gonna say no, but then the guy who was offering me told me, go talk to Caitlin, she did that before. Right, like, yeah. Oh, like, amazing. And, and she took the job, she's here today. I just oh, passed okay. through her office, right? Like, and yeah, like make sure that you open doors and make sure you make, people feel that they can do it that yes we're gonna help each other along the way yeah which that support piece as you say from anybody is is key and I think sometimes you can go off from maternity leave I certainly know this from talking to the to all of the women in my world who say that you go off and you are so distract like you're so distracted that actually you're not even thinking about what you're coming back to so knowing that people are still thinking about you while you were away and that there's a new opportunity again I think it's just that the, the how you feel valued off the back of it exactly and this transition from the maternity back to the office it's so hard on women right because it's not like just coming back it's not like you just drop the kid somewhere and you're done now you're concerned about what the kid is going to eat what it's all these concerns if you have people that ease your life back right that that makes a whole of a difference and also be that person, right? To ease back on other people's yeah. life but when they come back to the office or whatever is the situation. Could be maternity, could be you're taking care of your parents and uh, early parents and you had to get away for a while, right? Like make sure that uh, you as a, as a woman, you know how difficult it is. Make sure that you help others 
to feel more welcoming, to feel more like a, that they have a support system. I, and, I, and I think that's why podcasts like yours, right? And, and things, that, groups that we participate and LinkedIn comments makes us at least to see that we're not alone and not yeah. being alone is so critical for you. Yeah. To feel, it's halfway, right? Exactly. exactly. And I know we'll, talk, we'll touch on a, a couple of those things in a moment. I guess the going from the biggest things in your career, some of them have probably been hard. What would you say have been the, the three hardest moments to date? Yes. So I think... Uh, and kind of doing like a parallel uh, to the Dubai thing that I mentioned, it was like a challenge. It was a big change in career and all, but there were like things, as I said, that I had to had like a shock of reality to, to become adaptable very mm -hmm. fast, right? And it's not just adaptable in the work or with the culture, right? It's with everything, but also come from an angle that, and I, I, mistakenly came from an angle that yes the way I was doing was the right or the way Brazil does it it's the right there's no right or wrong it's different cultures it's different environments it's different type of business right when mm -hmm. I got there there was this situation in one of the governments one of the clients I had to go talk to and when there's a married woman talking to a married man they need to have a, a person kind of intermediating the conversation, which was completely weird for me because <laughs> I was speaking in English. The guy was, there was this person in the middle, a guy who was speaking the same English that I just talked about in English with the other guy, just because I couldn't directly talk <laughs> to him. And it's something specifically was, the guy was from Saudi Arabia, a specific uh, area uh, in that religion. And, and, in the beginning, I left there like uh, feeling like, how, how is that even possible? Yeah. It's like a 2020, like how are we doing this? But then I took a step back and I said, you know what? It's different cultures. It's different way of working. And uh, like uh, I, for me to become a really global leader, you have to also put yourself in other people's shoes and understand that this different reality and yeah. adapt yourself to make sure that it makes the best way for everybody that is involved and yeah. that was a big lesson for me too right I think this the second one is that I went from Brazil that everybody knew me I went to Dubai that although I didn't know anybody everybody from Dubai as as a, as a place right there's a lot of expects so yeah. Dubai has about 92 percent of people that it's from abroad that was not born there so although it's but it's so everybody's outside right so you kind of build a community of people that don't belong right and you have friends and you celebrate holidays and you kind of feel kind of included yeah. When I moved to the U.S. was a completely different change of scenario, right? I moved to the U.S. Everybody already had their families and their their high school friends, you know, and everybody understands the the colleges where people went to, and and every Monday morning, every meeting is starting with talking about football or baseball, which I don't even understand the rules, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So. I'm a hard-dive soccer fan. <laughs> Nobody talks about <laughs> soccer, right? So it was like a, a huge shock of reality of a, how come you go to a place that you know people, you are all involved to a place that you really don't belong, right? And 
starting a, a, a career, starting a life in a place you don't belong is really hard. And mm -hmm. for me, it was like a eye-opening. And now I use this experience also to talk to men when they start the meetings on Monday morning talking about baseball and saying, have you noticed that we have a, a room right now with uh, three women, five people from abroad, and three American men, and only the three American men are participating in this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have a problem on having this conversation, but having every Monday the same conversation, excluding half of the table, makes yeah. no sense, right? So for me, it was hard to adapt, but also open my mind to now be in a place that I have a voice and I'm being vocal to other people who doesn't have that voice yet to say, okay, so today we're going to talk about baseball. Great. Next week, we're going to talk about, uh, I don't know, Taylor Swift concert because we want to, right? So I think uh, in a funny, light way, I'm taking the times that were hard for me and saying, how do I change that for people coming after me so they don't have to feel the same? Now that we bring people from abroad to the U.S., right, we have a big group okay. here that calls uh, Feel Welcome, right? And it is to help people. How do you go to a doctor if okay. you need help? Things like that that I had to figure out on my own. And, um, well... I think I'm going to close it up with the third one, which I, I feel I'm still learning and managing how to how to do it. Which yeah. is, I've always, always, always had this vision that I wanted to go to the top, right? From somebody who started from scratch as a student, becoming a vice president of one of the biggest companies in the world was my goal, right? And in addition to that, the role where I am today in 112 years of IBM, we've never ever had a woman. So that was a dream job, right? I wanted to be the first vice president woman as an America CFO. And when I got here, and as I've been noticed this throughout, right? But especially when I got to this job, it stroked to me how lonely the top is and how lonely I feel when I have to take hard decisions and how lonely that I still joke with the team that works for me that uh, I, I take the J-Lo song and I say, I'm, I'm still Caitlin from the block, right? <laughs> I that, love uh, that. She, <laughs> she sings like, yeah, I remember who I was, right? I, I might be yeah. famous, rich. I'm not famous or rich or as good looking as her, but I still take her word, right? I'm still that J-Lo from the block. I'm still the same Caitlin that you all saw me 15 days, 15 years ago, right? But uh, regardless, right? Uh, when you when you you start climbing the ladder and you get there, you have to understand that things change. It really becomes lonely, and you have to take time to use to listen to other people. And that's why I keep saying podcasts mm -hmm. like this and communities like the ones we built, because you need to see that you have other people facing the same challenges that you do, regardless where they are in the food chain, yeah. right? And you feel that you're part of something and you feel that the hard days, they're, that they're just that. They're hard days. They're going to pass and you're going to keep growing from it. But I wish I had a better understanding on how lonely the top is. So I better prepared myself. But the, the thing that I want to do, right, is like, a, how do I make sure that the other people coming after me 
they don't feel the same shock, right? Or maybe I make the the top with the other people not as lonely. So I'm still trying to digest that and see how yeah. I can take this lesson and, and make something better out of it. But I I know we, we touched briefly on, it's interesting because I, everybody that I work with is in that executive space and everybody says the same thing. And it, it's so interesting because I don't think there is a, I don't think there is a cure for it right now. I think you feel like your teams obviously feel like they can talk to you in a certain level, but you obviously can't go to them with certain things. And then there's not really anybody else in the peer group, I guess, because everybody is in a similar boat to you. So I think it's it would be great to have the secret sauce, I think, to take it to combat that feeling. I know you are doing a few things though, which I would love for us to, to talk about because I think you're certainly on on your way, particularly with things like networking groups and volunteering groups that you're part of. Do you mind just sharing a bit more about those? Absolutely, absolutely. And and I will start sharing this with a phrase that I heard from one of the, the volunteer groups that I, I do. And kind of connecting to this with this lonely top, which is, she said to me something that when you are in like a, a high position that people are looking at you as an executive, Sometimes you whisper and it feels like it's a it's a scream, right? For good and for bad. Yeah. So I, I feel that these groups, right, they help me as much as I help them because communication is so key. And when you create groups and environments that you feel safe and you vocalize your points and that's all communication improvement, right? And you digest better what you're going to say. You digest better what you're going to, you want people to know you for, right? And that's how it's the beauty of it. So right now it's been, I think over 12 years, I would say 11 to 12 years, I've been leading this group in IBM. So it's women at IBM. It's a big tech company, as you know, but we still have out of the 330,000 employees, we have almost a half, which is like an impressive number uh, for women, right? So it's a big group. There is women from all over the globe. We get together and uh, we get together very frequently and we have like big events like on Women's Day and, and things like that. And just this the big shares or the small shares. It's amazing just to see like, uh, yes, there is this person in Peru facing exactly the same, this person in Malaysia, yeah. right? And, and you feel heard and you feel that you're part of, uh, feeling part of a group, a community. I think it makes a completely change on somebody's life. So I do this internally for IBM. I also lead a group of Latinas, which is another subcut of women, right? But Latinas in the US, which is another hurdle we have to, to go through it, right? And, and again, pointing to communication, especially when English is not your first language, right? And you haven't learned English when you were a small kid. So there's all these things that we help each other. And externally, I do a couple of things. Uh, near my town, we have a, a group of volunteers that help women with small kids and even without kids that are coming out of abusive relations, right? Whatever that is with husbands, with partners, with even like a, a fathers or families, yeah. right? And we just, we're just there 
for each other, right? We help with things like uh, things that they need, right? Clothes and emergency mm -hmm. things. But uh, for me, the most amazing ones were when we just sit and we share a meal, simple meal, right? Like uh, last one was like we did a McDonald's night, right? Like simple, but we just shared. And uh, like, uh, it, it's like, it's a couple of uh, laughs and a couple of cheers over a bad burger. And then, then, then that's, that's okay, right? Like uh, it's those small things and uh, it, it nurtures you as a human, right? Yeah. It nurtures you as, as a community. And as I said, people invite me for those things because they think that I, I will share wisdoms with these women or like uh, motivate these women. And in the end, Terry, I'm the one who lives there, fulfilled, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Because, yes, it's hard for everybody. Yes, it was hard for my mom. She had three small kids, a husband that passed away out of the blue, right? And and she had to reinvent herself. So she's the person that I was looking like a, to to become better for, right? Yeah. And some of these women, they don't have those representatives. So I want to go there and be it for them. But at the same time, they they teach me how to be humble, how to be, how to reinvent myself, how to like from a really bad, poor situation, they, they just create something amazing, right? And it, they create groups like this. So I am, as you can see by my voice, very passionate about this topic, but there is no such a big thing or a small thing you can do. Even if you're listening to us and you're just starting your career now, right? Yes, you can mentor the new student in your in your office who has mm -hmm. no clue where the bathroom is, right? Help each other. And, and it's a chain that we just one lift the other and together we are way stronger. Your passion is, is evident, Caitlin. <laughs> and it's something that came through on our very first call with one another. We hadn't even met. And I was just like blown away by how you can truly see the passion there. And I think probably does stem from background and your mom and like you say she was she I know you kind of told me a bit of a story about her having to be strong and and she took the route and you saw that and I think it certainly is, has shown in you but equally you can see how much you're trying to pass that on and I think it's great that actually you're in a position to want to empower other women it's interesting I went to an event recently which was a female networking event and somebody said to me well don't you find that the culture isn't that other women try and bring each other down rather than lift each other up, which I've never personally seen. And I think I'm quite lucky for that, but it, I think it is surprising how many people see the other way. And and I'll, I'll be like a candid with you. I had mm -hmm. situations in my career that I felt that like women are very competitive. <laughs> and I think sometimes we just yeah. go in the wrong way and compete with each mm -hmm. other. Right. And I, I don't even know if like a just in career, I, I can see like a external, like I have a small daughter, as I mentioned, right. And she does cheer in the US is very like a uh, popular, right? like a small kids, they cheer for like yeah. the football. Now I'm learning football. Look at that. Yeah. But like cheering <laughs> for, for the football season. Right. And she loves that. She's, she loves gymnastics. She's, she's still young, six years old. And uh, but uh, come on, she's young, she's six, right? So I do that for the fun. She goes there and she cheers. And then I can see all these other moms, like somebody came to me and said like, 
your daughter is now a flyer. And I'm like, is this a good thing or a bad thing? I have no clue, right? And she's like, how come your daughter is a flyer and my daughter is not a flyer? And I'm like, beg your pardon. Like, I don't care. I just want her to have fun. But like, I see this competition. And sometimes I think women, like she's trying to compete with me because of our kids. And I'm like, Lady, like, I'm so sorry to disappoint you, but I'm not going to entertain <laughs> this sadness. Yeah. You know? I already have enough in my life going on. She, like, so I, I agree that uh, I myself face, and even in the office, being super candid, right? I face, like, sometimes, like, uh, why is she m- moving faster? And then she's from abroad. And, like, uh, and most of that, I feel it really comes from women, which is unfortunate, yeah. right? So that's why I think, like, people like you and I, we have to drum the beat, right? Yeah. Don't stop uh, to say, let's move from this old thinking to we are yeah. here to live each other we are not gonna go far if we try every time you you try to put somebody somebody down you have to go down to, yeah. to do that right i tell my kids all the time every time i scream at somebody it hurts more my ears than the other person's ears right so i i rather do the reverse exactly um thank you so much for sharing all of this that this i think you've achieved incredible results and I think for the fact that you are the person that is cheering for females across the world it's something that is inspiring and I'm sure you will just continue to to do that particularly the fact that you are the first female in your role is is incredibly inspirational and I know that your daughter will look back at you and say wow mum well done so it's great and and I really am here for it and I know that anybody else that's listening to this is very much on the same page as us we're, we're all hoping for the best for one another if you've got one piece of advice Caitlin for future female leaders your daughter as as one of those what what's the that piece of advice that you would share I I will build it into two way phrases so for for me first of all make sure that no matter what you have to be truth to yourself whoever you are Make sure that, yes, we adapt. Yes, I adapt in Dubai. Yes, but I'm still the bubbly Latina person, even though sometimes it might be too much for some people, too little for others. Be true to yourself. You're never going to please everybody. I, I'm over that, right? Be over <laughs> that too. Be true to yourself because it's a long run, right? It's a marathon. So like uh, pretending you're somebody else, pretending it all the time, it's not the way. And if you're in an, an environment that you need to be something different than who you are, it's not the environment for you. So mm-hmm. generally be true to yourself, but especially like you are the one who defines what success means to you, right? I, I make this joke and, and people who knows me, I always tell this story and, and I'll make it like in two seconds, but when I joined IBM, I had a purse, a specific purse. I know it sounds silly, but a specific purse that was my dream purse. I don't buy expensive stuff, but it was one big thing. Every time I got a promotion, I was always saying the next promotion, I'm going to get that purse. Just so you guys know, I got to vice presidency and I never bought the purse. One day my no. husband bought it for me and gave it to me. I'm like, I love with the story, right? But this story is just to say success is not that material thing it's not that place you get because every time you get there you want something else hopefully you do right that's life but also don't let 
people define what success means to you. Define the success for you. Maybe success for you is going to become the first vice presidency woman in a CFO role. Maybe that. But maybe success for you is going to be the very best stay-at-home mom, super involved with your kids, making sure that you're raising the best generation you can for this world, right? Maybe it is to become somebody at to, like a, your volunteer work, does not matter. Make sure that you define what success means to you and go after to make really a fulfilling life, but don't let anybody define who you are, be true to who you are and define your success and go after it. Stop hearing the noise, like shut down the noise, silence your yeah. Bruno and, and go after who belongs to you and uh, believe me you can get it like there's nobody that can stop a determined woman nobody it's so true Caitlin your ambition your passion your energy everything just shone through on on that session so thank you so so much I have one last question because it is the tea with tea podcast which is <laughs> how do you take your tea oh I am the tea drinker you wouldn't believe that i have a three drawers in my in my office with teas like i'm the tea person but uh, i'm gonna disappoint the london people now i cannot take with milk at all never ever ever done it no 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 <laughs> i take my tea hot water any good tea and a splish of lemon and that's it <laughs> well, thank you and thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to share? I just want to say a huge thank you to you. It was inspirational to get to know you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk to your audience. As I said, I feel very passionate. And I think that that's what we take from this life, right? It's the good moments we have. And this is certainly one that I will never forget. So thank you so much for this experience. Thank you so much, Caitlin. 